Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So the inflation numbers just came in year over year. It's time again for the Let's Go Brandon Cowbell. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, 6.8% inflation, the worst it's been in 40 years in the CPI, Consumer Price Index. Great job, Uncle Joe. Solid work there, Sleepy. Really kind of raking it in. You know, I, I, best economy ever, right? We'll get to that later, how the media now is trying to frame this as the best economy ever. Highest inflation in 40 years. Jobs numbers last month, supposed to be five to 600,000, came in at 210,000. For the liberals listening, that's less than happy. You're right. Best economy ever, fist pound. If I didn't have arthritis in my elbow, I'd give you the old chest thing over there in the heart. Nice work, fellas. Nice job, Brandon. Way to go, buddy. Keep it up. And the suckers fall for this. And Pfizer says four shots now. Four shots. <laughs> I'm not kidding. What did I tell you yesterday? Goalposts. 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 Four shots. Be, be 72 shots soon. <laughs> Keep it up, Libs. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, it is Friday, so if you would, kind sir. It's Friday! Oh. Yeah. I was very excited today. This is my Paula's Mother's Day mug I'm using today. If you're wondering yeah. what that is, it's something my daughter got it for. It says Llama just says Happy Mother's Day or something. Yeah, I always I get questions about that stuff. I wanted the Friday to last through your sip there, dude, all the way to the end of Phil. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I noticed that. I noticed <laughs> that, that was, was an extended. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you. See, you and I have like a little ESP <laughs> connection there. I appreciate you doing that. I did need a little extra. The warm. You know, it's just this ridiculous Post-COVID cough, it's gone away a lot. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, the warm, the tea really helps a lot. Keeps the vocal cords going. So so the CPI number came out, as I discussed before, Consumer Price Index. And um, the number's horrible, folks. It just came out this morning. Used cars and trucks, it's on Fox right now, up 31%. Gasoline, 60%. Whoa. Beef and steaks, 24%. i am literally reading this off the TV right now. Beef and steaks, 24%. Lodging, 22%. Uh <sighs> I, I, again, I'm not going to pound you over the head with the same stuff I've been saying over and over again. But when you print records amount, record amounts of money and productivity, in other words, the products we're producing goes down, less productivity, you have more money chasing less stuff, and therefore the price of the stuff goes up. I, I, this is one of those like, hello, McFly moments if you ever saw Back to the Future. If you haven't, go watch it. It's not a shocker. It's the worst number in 40 years. Now, the Biden administration is in a panic because the media can't ignore this number. The CPI number is the number. It's not a matter of opinion. Prices are up. That's the number. Whether your opinion, if the prices are up, is your opinion they're up or down, is irrelevant to what the prices actually say. They're in a panic. I'm going to get to this later. 
how the Biden administration has put out a call to arms to their media, butt kissing, ass kissing allies. Hey, you got to start gaslighting people on the economy. I'm going to show you exactly how they complied. This is beautiful. That's coming up later. Uh, just quickly, I warned you yesterday about the goalposts consistently moving. I'm going to cover this on my Fox show this weekend. Don't miss it. Unfiltered tomorrow, uh, Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Set your DVR if you can't make it. I have got a really, I think, one of my best monologues about the goalposts and why this is happening. But here you go. As I predicted yesterday, Spencer Kimball, CNBC, Pfizer CEO, says a fourth COVID vaccine dose may be needed sooner than expected due to Omicron. Listen, I have been doing an interview with this uh, media outlet on the left for a long time. They've been, they're doing a big, long profile on me. It's been taking weeks. Uh, questions so far have been relatively fair, but, you know, one of the people called me to do like the fact check portion of it yesterday. And they were like, well, you know, uh, I noticed you have been speaking out against mandates. Is that anti-science? And I swear I wanted to bang my head off the desk. Ladies and gentlemen, how the hell is telling people? I'm I'm Joe, I am, listen, yeah. I, you know, listen, it's Friday. We're sarcastic. Sometimes Friday tends to take a little lighter tone. But I, I'm being as serious as a freaking heart attack here. How is me telling you, please speak to your doctor about your personal medical situation before you get any medical treatment. Can you please, please explain to me how that is not pro-science rather than anti Please. And I think even the woman who asked me the question was embarrassed by the question after I explained it to her how dumb the question was. It's just unbelievable how they keep moving the goalposts. You tell people, talk to the doctor. Oh, you guys are anti-science. Double-barreled. You get it. All right, moving on. It was a lot. Of, gosh, that was like the fastest seven minutes. We packed a lot of stuff in yeah. that intro right there. Let me just quickly get to Juicy. So there was justice for Juicy Small Yay yesterday. Um, Juicy was uh, convicted on five of six accounts. Now he's now a convicted race hoaxer. So we know that it's no more alleged stuff. I, listen, I always give people their fair trial, but right? You can't believe in the Constitutional Republic, even the unpopular ones. You got to, people have the right. To be proven guilty in a court of law, well, now he's a convicted race hoaxer. So uh, just to, I'm not going to go through all the highlights of the libs that support him. I'm going to play a quick super cut, but I want to show you this tweet first from the forever hapless AOC, who for some bizarre reason, despite knowing nothing, the Sergeant Schultz of our time, I know nothing. It doesn't really matter. People, again, can line up, line up to kiss the collective ass of AOC, despite the fact that the woman knows nothing Nothing about anything of significance. She may have been a skilled bartender. That's the limit to her skills, okay? Here's AOC when the juicy smollier thing happened. She says, there's no such thing as racially charged. This attack was not possibly homophobic. It was a racist and homophobic attack. Well, it wasn't actually possible at all. If you don't like what is happening to our country, then work to change it. It is no one's job to water down or sugarcoat the rise of hate crimes. <laughs> Oh, has there been a politician in U.S. history with a larger following who's been wrong on more things more often? I doubt it. I, I sincerely doubt it. I always ask the question about politicians like AOC. Are they genuinely dumb or are they liars? And, and candidly, knowing a lot of politicians and having run for office and seeing these this, this grotesqueities up close and personal, many of them, not all of them, the answer is usually the latter, that they're really just liars. They're, they're liars. They're not really dumb. Some of them are actually very smart, skilled liars. That's how they get in the office. 
But AOC, I'm genuinely concerned. She really, I, I believe it may be the former. She may legitimately be, be dopey. Like, just can't process information. Given the fact that she's wrong on everything all the time. Here's just a quick supercut hat tip, uh, Tom Elliott at Grabian. A supercut of media folks going to bat and calling for justice for Juicy early on. I, I assume uh, fact checkers will jump all over this today, start banning accounts on Facebook. Ha! Just kidding. Here, check this out. Beaten with a noose around his neck and hospitalized. Empire star Jesse Smollett was the victim of a vicious, racist, and homophobic attack. His attackers hurled racial and homophobic slurs. Two people yelled racist and homophobic slurs. Racial and homophobic slurs. The offenders uttered, this is MAGA country. The hate crime went down early this morning in Chicago. Officials are investigating the alleged assault as a hate crime. And now police say they're investigating this as a possible hate crime. This is this is stomach-turning, mind-boggling mm-hmm. information. It, it's, it's out of control. And- Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi tweeting the racist, homophobic attack on Jesse Smollett is an affront to our humanity. And Senator Cory Booker said the vicious attack on actor Jesse was an attempted modern-day lynching. Kamala Harris calling the attack an attempted modern-day lynching. But I'm so shaken by the story. <sighs> this is horrible to report. This is a horrible story. Ali, this is a horrible story. Yeah. I mean, the circumstances are just horrific. Absolutely despicable. Yeah, a lot of people can't believe this is actually happening in 2019. It's hard to believe that we're reporting, that we're even saying words like this in 2019. Mm -hmm. Mm. And this is America in 2019. Yeah, this is America. Where your cultural capital grows if you can fake being the victim of a race attack because legitimate uh, attacks based on race, thank the Lord, are very rare. And I mean that. Thank the Lord. Uh, again, I'm not using his name in vain. So we have to invent them, these people on the left, to gain cultural capital. Look at me. I was attacked by some mega supporters. Now, Mike Cernovich is, uh, always has great takes on uh, Twitter. Here's Mike Cernovich. He says, you know, from Russian collusion to Covington to Juicy, the only question remaining is, what real stories does the media actually cover? It's a great question, Mike. Um, really, um, Cernovich brings up a great point. Notice what we're not talking about right now. Remember Waukesha? There are some people who probably watch you say, what's Waukesha? What yeah. happened in Waukesha? Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Where uh, a man who happened to be black is uh, the alleged perpetrator here in a, in a mass murder on a parade route who had a history of questionable postings about BLM. You're not hearing much about that, are you? No, no, not so much. Media doesn't actually cover real news. I can't say to you enough, uh, please doubt everything they tell you. Doubt everything. Everything. The media can't even get math right. USA Today ran a piece the other day, is math racist? That's not a joke. That actually happened. Doubt everything these idiots tell you. I got a question coming up in our questions for Dan later. A guy asked me, he's like, listen, you're you're really good at fact-checking. How did you learn how to do that? I'll walk you through it. It's really not hard. And it applies here. Fact check, legitimately fact check, not like the fact checker losers on the left who really are opinion checkers. Fact check everything. I can almost guarantee you that almost every story you see out of the mainstream media about a politically charged topic, I can almost guarantee you it's a lie. Every time. I always bring the receipts. All right, last justice for Juicy. I promise you we're going to move on to some real stuff that's important. But this was funny. This was Charles Barkley. 
Um, whether you love him or hate him, the round mound of rebound, former 76er, Phoenix Sun, one of the greatest basketball players, maybe the greatest power forward of all time. This was Charles Barkley talking about the Juicy case. Keep in mind, this segment was on sports. He just goes there because that's just Charles. See, Charles does what Charles wants. You can hear like on the set how everyone is really uncomfortable other than Charles. They're all laughing. And Charles talks about how Juicy paid the Osadaro brothers with a check to attack him. Paid with a check. <laughs> Here's Charles Barkley. This is hilarious. Check this out. America, let me just tell you something. What's that? Uh, do not commit crimes with checks. <laughs> Come on, man. You cannot. If you're going to break the law, do not write a check. Because you're writing a check that what? You uh, behind can't cash. <laughs> Yo, man, you can't cash up. <laughs> hey, get cash, man. <laughs> I never used the ATM. Now, you can only, I heard you can only get $200 out of Charles. $500. Stop, literally. Stop. Stop. <laughs> you're about to make a lot of stop to the ATM. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, but you say Chuck, America, America, do you go not write checks when you commit illegal activity. Uh, I cannot believe that we completed, we touched them all right there. Circle the bag. Hey, he just said he touched every pillow. He just said the Lakers would make the playoffs. Uh, That's he said. America, hey Jack, don't commit. Just, Jesse, you wasted all that damn time and money. You, you know what you should have did? What's that? Just went up in Liam Neeson's neighborhood. You could have solved all your best problems. You got. If you're going to commit a crime, a, you know, we have golden rules on the show. You know the golden rules, right? Most Republicans in the swamp are really Democrats. No Democrats are really Republicans. Barkley has his golden rules, too, and I have to agree with that one, Joe. If you're going to commit a crime, just go get the cash. I'm not giving criminals advice. I'm just saying, don't write a check. Gosh, I mean, you want to talk about levels of imbecility, triaging imbecility. This is like level one triage imbecility, right? You're like writing... Charles, the old, like I said, the round mound of rebound, Charles Barkley. That was a while ago. That wasn't. But <laughs> you see the rest of the crew, some of them are laughing. Some of them are like, eh, what do I say? The sports world is so liberal. They can't take people like Charles. He'll say what he wants. He said some, you know, some stuff I agree with, some I don't. It's funny every time. All right. Um, you know what? Let me get to my um, second sponsor here. And I want to get to this, how, um, uh, you know, again, kind of pursuant to the question I'm in, the questions for Dan, question number one, how I do my fact checking and how I, you know, so easily dismantle leftist rhetoric. Well, one of the things I do is I know liberals are completely unresponsive to evidence and I know what they do isn't going to work. So I just accumulate the evidence. I know where to go to see it. And then later on, I show you how they cause the problem and then are going to try to shift the narrative. So I'll show you what I mean in a second, how they're totally unresponsive to real, real world evidence. Hey, I can't say enough about my next sponsor. I use it twice a day. It's the Teeter Inversion Table. Why? I have joint problems. It's, I haven't been quiet about it on my show, uh, but I need it. I need it to decompress my spine, help uh, with my arthritis and my back pain. And candidly, it feels great. I, I call it the teeter high when I get off. You just invert on it. It's super easy. Lock in your ankles, just invert. Pick whatever angle you want. The teeter inversion table allows you to use gravity in your own body weight to decompress your spine, relieve pressure on your discs and surrounding nerves. <clears throat> Decompressing on a teeter inversion table. 
For just a few minutes a day is a great addition to your routine to seek a healthier spine and an active lifestyle without the pain. If you have back pain, even if you've been lucky enough to avoid back pain, you need a teeter to invert every day to help keep your back and joints feeling great. I've done my homework. I think it's the best inversion table on the market. Over 3 million people have put their trust in Teeter. They've been the best known name in inversion tables since back in 1981. For my listeners only, you can get the latest Teeter Fit Spine Inversion Table with bonus accessories, stretch max handles, and an easy reach ankle system for $100 off. Teeter Inversion Tables have thousands of reviews on Amazon with a 4.7 star rating. With this exclusive deal, you'll get $100 off when you go to teeter.com slash Dan. Also, you'll get free shipping, a 60-day money-back guarantee, and easy financing options with a firm. So now's the time for you to try it out. Decompress. Get a teeter. Remember, you can only get the Teeter Fit Spine Inversion Table for $100 off plus free shipping when you go to teeter.com slash Dan. That's T-E-E-T-E-R dot com slash Dan. Check it out. One of my most valuable pieces of uh, uh, fitness equipment. I love it. So proving to you again that liberals are totally unresponsive to real world evidence and their entire world is bedrocked in emotion, not facts or reality. I want to show you two stories proving my point. First is just the news that came over just this morning. Nat, Nat, uh, <clears throat> Natalie uh, Middlestat. You'll see this in my newsletter today, bongino.com slash newsletter if you want to subscribe. Blue states lead the rise in COVID hospitalizations despite harsh pandemic restrictions. Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, Illinois, and Indiana are the top six states for increased COVID hospitalizations, together accounting for about 60% of new beds added over the last six months. Now, again, you would think in a real world, and if, if liberals were interested in things like science and policy prescriptions at work, you would analyze policy prescriptions. You would say, well, we instituted mask mandates, school shutdowns, lockdowns, social distancing requirements, business restrictions. We did all that. And what happened? Is anything I'm saying controversial? I'm being serious. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm being serious here. Is any of this controversial? If you want to test an experimental intervention, we have a COVID problem. The experimental intervention will be this. School shutdowns, mask mandates, what I just said, social distancing requirements, business restrictions, you get it? So A happened, we instituted B, what's the result in C? Is any, again, is any of this complicated? No. The problem is liberals never get to C, ever. The left never, and swampy Republicans too, I might add. They never get to C. Well, what happened? Well, blue states did all of that stuff, and now they're leading the country in hospitalizations, which should say to you, something we're doing is not working. But none of that will happen. There will be no reevaluation of the evidence. This is from the party, keep in mind, that tells you they believe in science and process. I don't want to beat a dead horse on this because it's obvious that these things don't work. I bring these articles up to you so you have the evidence to people who keep telling you, Oh, we need mask mandates at school. We need more school lockdowns. We do, because that's interesting. Where these things have been tried, they're now leading the country in infections. So the correlation you're suggesting between these things and uh, lower COVID rates is the opposite correlation. Lockdowns and higher COVID rates are correlated. I'm not saying they're causal, but they're correlated. There's now no longer any doubt. Here, another one. Proving the immunity to facts and data on the left. A dozen U.S. cities, this is a Red State article, Mike Miller, a dozen U.S. cities blow away their annual murder records with one glaring thing in common. Hmm. Joe, what do you think that thing is? You well, think they are run by Republicans or Democrats? Joe, Joe, just take a flyer on this one. Okay. Take a flyer. Democrats or Republicans, high murder rates. Gonna, what do you I'm think? Give it a shot and say Democrats, dude. 
Yep. He's going to give it a shot, Gee. What do you think? You're going to say Dems? He's thinking about it. Gee says he'll take what is Democrats for a thousand. That tip the great uh, Alex Trebek. God rest his soul. He would be right. That would be Democrats. Now, again, you would say to yourself, the top 12 cities for massive spikes in murders, people dying. I mean, literally dying. Again, it's not a figurative statement. You would think by chance, by chance, that at least one of those cities would have a Republican leader, right? I mean, 12. We're not talking about two. We're not talking about six. We're not even talking about 10. We're talking about 12. You know, you take the dice, you roll the dice, you would think at least one of them would be a Republican-led city. Nope, 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 nope. 0 for 12, 0 for 12 as the body bags pile up. You think there's any Democrat out there saying, okay, we've instituted liberal policies in our cities, high taxes, defund the police. If we don't defund the police, we attack the police. If we don't attack the police, we at least cater to criminals. We've tried all this stuff and B happened. Okay, the the intervention was B, and then C happened, a spike in murder rates. You'd think you'd go back to A, the policy prescriptions, and say, gosh, A isn't working. A isn't working. B isn't working. C is really bad. They do none of that. None of that. They double down, as Guy just said. You were absolutely, if it didn't work, double down on more. Double down on more. All right. Here's um, moving on. Friday, a lot of material to get to. Saw this on social media floating around. You know, sometimes you'll see media hacks and uh, Democrats say the quiet part out loud. When they do, you got to capture it. You got to capture it and you got to advertise it because it shows you how these people think, what goes on inside their cerebral cortex and how they actually feel about you. So when they say the quiet part out loud and they don't hide their intentions anymore, you got to advertise it. This is just a beaut about school choice. This is Michael Smirconish from CNN and Don Lemon talking about school choice. And notice what Smirconish and Lemon say. Like, hey, my kids, they get to go to this school where they get to go to the chapel and everything like that. And I could do that. It's not the point. He thinks he's making a, a point about attacking religious schools that shouldn't get funds. That's not the point he's making at all. Here, check this out. Our children all went to a particular school where the chapel service was a big part of their education. But here's the thing. We paid for that education, right. my wife and me, and not the public. Amen. Same with my parents. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. And that's how it night. should be. <laughs> again. Okay. Same from the, from the great man greats video by uh, <laughs> the late great Norm MacDonald. If you watch the show, you know what I mean. These are six high six and likely seven figure earners right here who are telling parents, you can't send your kid to a better school if it happens to have a religious component to it. You should stay in a failing public school. But I sent my kids to the same school because I'm richer than you idiots and you don't have any money. <laughs> and, the, yeah. and the funny thing is they say it out loud, which is Joe, which is classic. Not only say it out loud, but Don Lemon's like, and that's the way it should be. They, verdict is in. Thank you, Michael Smirconish. That's the way it should be. Yeah, this was the, I'm rich. I will send my kids to religious schools that are better while you dipwads go to really poor public schools. And Don's like, yeah, yeah. Reminds me of uh, trading places. Uh, trading places, because karate, man, yeah. yeah. Don Lemon, yeah. That's right, Michael. I love it when they say the quiet part out loud. 
That's how they, if you're a um, liberal who listens to my show, we get a lot of them. We do. Some of them just listen to the show to get angry, but we convert, we convert a lot. Believe me, I get the emails all the time, a lot. It's moments like that that should make you really wake up and reevaluate your ideological stance. I'm serious. I may joke about what just happened, but that, that's actually their position. <clears throat> in your face, dude. In your in, face. Uh, totally, Absolutely. Totally. They're not hiding it. Uh -uh. There's no mask on, nothing. It's like double barrel, middle finger, family friendly version. Mm -hmm. We said our kids there. Yeah. Because karate, but yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Moving on. As I said, a lot to get through today. This is one of the best explanations of something. Listen, I get it. Some of you like the economic stuff in the show. Some of you don't. It's 50-50. But I think it's important. And I'm going to keep dragging it into the show because it matters. If there is one thing. Actually, I, I have two things about economics that I wish more people would understand. It's the effect of third-party payers and opportunity costs. I've explained this often. Opportunity costs, very simple. People confuse and conflate a strict economic gain with an actual gain. With like a, I should say strict financial gain with an economic gain often. And the example I always use is the concept of an opportunity cost. Just quickly, you know, my wife is a very talented web designer. uses this example a thousand times. If she could make $500,000 a year, which she could designing websites, and she gives that up to go mow lawns in the neighborhood for $10 a day, the economic gain from her mowing the lawn is $10. But the actual loss is, you know, nearly 500000 Well, you know, 500000 per year because she gave up that opportunity to design webs to go mow lawns. Nothing wrong with mowing lawns. It's just she gave it up. There's a cost to an opportunity lost. That's huge because liberals conflate the two. They'll say, well, you know, Joe Biden's got $2 trillion for child care. Look, you're getting a $2 trillion child care benefit to help you pay for child care. What they're not telling you is the $2 trillion is sucked out of the economy to the same people they're giving it back to. It's taken from them, the taxpayer, and the government's paying themselves in the, in the process. So not only do you have your money taken away, you can't invest, but the government takes a cut. That's the lost opportunity. Opportunity cost is everything. Can't encourage you strong enough in strong enough terms to research opportunity costs. Liberalism will never make sense to you again if you understand opportunity costs. But another thing is third-party payers. Whenever, whenever you see a third-party payer, I guarantee you costs are going to go up. A third-party payer is very simple. It typically involves the government how the government insists on paying for something you could pay yourself. Why is the government the third-party payer? Because with childcare, for example, where Biden wants to take that over, you have a parent, you have a childcare provider, and that's typically who pays for the childcare. Parent, number one, pays number two, the childcare provider. Two people in a transaction. When you introduce a third-party parent pays the government with taxes, Government pays child care provider whenever you see that cost explode. Why? Why? Because the parent is no longer paying. They're just paying taxes. They're not paying the child care provider. And the, uh, the provider of child care knows the parent isn't paying. They're getting a check from the government. So nobody cares about the cost anymore. If you have to pay taxes no matter what, and then they tell you health care is free, health care is free. The government's going to pay for it. You want the most expensive health care ever. Why? Because you're like, oh, screw it. I already paid my taxes. I want the best uh, health care, right? Is any of this hard? Again, 
I promise it is to the far left. They don't understand any of this. Here, this is a fantastic piece by Casey Mulligan, one of the best I've read ever, about why Biden offering to pay for childcare is going to make it even more expensive. How is that? It's free. Sure. Just like healthcare and college are free too, and they're the most expensive things. Why? Because there's a third party payer. The government pays for most of healthcare, and the government pays for a lot of college. That's why it's expensive. Here, this paragraph explains it. When you disconnect the buyer of a product from the seller of the product, the buyer doesn't care about the price because he's not paying. And the seller doesn't care what they charge you because they know you're not paying. He's doing it again. He wants to do it with child care. Here, from Casey Mulligan in the Wall Street Journal. He says, Biden's bill in the latest draft proposes to reinvent child care with a trifecta of cost-increasing forces. First, it would remove most, much of the incentive to offer lower-cost child care. Millions of families would have their child care expenses capped by statute, which means they pay the same amount in an expensive facility as at a cheaper one. Guys, seriously, I need some intervention. Is this making sense? Uh, I know uh, to the conservatives, I'm genuinely sorry for, I'm not trying to treat you like uh, intellectual children. I know you get it. The government and the Biden Build Back Worse plan is proposing that we're going to cap your child care costs. You can't pay any more than this. We're going to pay for the rest. Well, what's going to happen? If a parent knows they're going to pay $5,000 a year for child care, no matter what facility they pick, Joe. Right. You want the best child care out there. You want the most, you want the place with the gold-plated toilet. Yep. You're only paying $5,000. And then what happens? The child care provider knows that. That you're only going to pay five thousand. So what do they do? They keep upping their prices, knowing the government's going to pick up the tab, no matter what. Kind of sounds like what happened with college education and healthcare in America. Obamacare was going to cap your costs, and uh, college loans were going to be paid for by the government. College costs go up, healthcare go up. <laughs> Liberals like what? Watch. Mark the date. Here we go again. Friday, December 10th. If this Build Back Worse plan passes, mark the date. Guaranteed child care costs will explode. Doesn't matter. No matter what we say, they are absolutely immune. Absolutely immune to evidence. It doesn't matter. Child care providers are going to charge whatever they want. But you are not paying. All right, let me get to my next sponsor and show you how Democrats having a little trauma of trauma over the Build Back Worse plan and a provision in there. They don't know what to do. Like, cut taxes on the rich. Keep telling people we're the party to hike taxes on the rich. Cut taxes on the rich. Keep telling. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. <coughs> I've been warning you about this. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, just quick on this. I don't want to, again, beat a dead horse, but it's important. Democrats, Susan Fericio's story at the Washington Examiner, Democrats agonize over property tax provision in the Biden spending bill, the Build Back Worse plan. Remember the SALT tax? Yes, it does benefit some upper middle class families too, but the overwhelming majority 
of the Donald Trump SALT tax reform. That stands for State and Local Tax Deduction. It's an acronym SALT. What it did was, in high-tax blue states that have heavy property taxes, local taxes, and state taxes, New York and California, Florida, we don't have a state income tax, people pay a lot of money in state taxes. You used to be allowed to deduct that from your federal tax bill, which did what? Because you would pay less federal taxes because you paid high state taxes, it would mute the effect of high state taxes. Makes sense, right? You paid a lot here, you pay less there. Well, now you're paying a lot both places because in Donald Trump's tax reform, he said, no, we're not going to shield blue states from their high taxes. You get it? He said, we are going to limit and cap the amount you can deduct from your state taxes. If California wants to charge your, their citizens an arm and a leg, we're not going to subsidize it with federal government uh, tax breaks. You get it? Well, now the Democrats, because they believe, I thought they believed in taxing the rich. No, they don't believe in taxing the rich if they vote for them. A lot of rich liberals in blue states petition their congressmen and congresswomen to say, hey, you better vote to repeal this salt tax reform because we want a tax cut. And believe it or not, the Democrats are considering it because they don't have any principles, because the Democrats believe in taxing the rich only if they don't vote for them. If they vote for them, then they believe in cutting taxes for the rich. Yes, I know it has affected some middle and upper middle class families, too. I totally get that. But the overwhelming majority of that benefit goes to the rich and they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do right now. Like, you know, that meme, the two red buttons, tell them we're the party for the middle class. We want to tax the rich. Don't tax the rich. Give the rich a tax break because they vote for us. They don't know what to do when you're principled, when you're principled. Not as much. I think the salt that anything I can do to get people to pay fewer taxes, I think is a good thing. My point isn't to criticize a tax cut. My point is to criticize liberals who are full of you get the rest. All right. <clears throat> Moving on. So we started the show today, kind of sandwich everything, uh, talking about the CPI, the consumer price index exploding. Inflation's out of control. It's now at 6.8%. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. The Biden administration is not going to be able to ignore this anymore. They want to print more money, despite the fact we're printing records amount of money now, record amounts of money now. 6.8% inflation, which came out this morning, is the highest inflation number we've had in 40 years since the... Uh, early years of uh, Jimmy Carter and the first few years of Reagan when Volcker had to crush it. Biden knows that. Biden knows he's in real trouble. So rather than trying to fix the situation and going back to sound economic reforms, sound money, spending control, um, tax breaks and economic growth, he doesn't want to do that. So he's trying to pressure the media to lie, to lie about the economy. I'm not joking. I don't like to play cuts twice, but we played this cut the other day. Here's a chief propagandist at CNN, the coffee boy, that loser stealth or silver medalist in the dopey talking head media Olympics. Here's a cut from the other day where he indicates how, hey, listen, remember, the Biden White House has been pressuring now the media. It's been widely reported. Hey, you guys better start talking up the economy, even though it's crap. Here's Stelter. You'll see how the gaslighting works, laying the ground here to say, my gosh, the media has been really harsh on Biden. We need to. We need to reevaluate this. Check this out. The White House on offense this weekend, sharply criticizing some major news outlets. It's the president doing it. It's the chief of staff. It's press aides all seemingly speaking out about what they see as too much negativity in the news coverage. Here's Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, suggesting that we all should read this Washington Post story. It is by Dana Milbank. I'll show it to you in a second. 
Here's another uh, Biden aide. Here's a uh, uh, rapid response director, Mike Gwynn, calling out reporters for not asking more about the jobs report on Friday, instead asking about Biden's cold. Of course, both are important. One more important than the other. Uh, I mentioned Dana Milbank. Here's his column for The Post this weekend, getting lots of buzz from liberals on Twitter. He says journalists are contributing to the murder of democracy. And he says he has data gathered by an artificial intelligence uh, machine to show that the press has turned more negative against Biden than the press was against Trump at this time in Trump's first year. What do you think about that? Is that possible? Does it ring true to you? I think it rings true to my next guest. Let's bring him in. Eric Bollert, uh, he runs the uh, Press Run blog, and he's here with me. So now, now I want you to watch the gaslighting. That was this week we played that. Was it Monday or Tuesday? He brings in the Media Matters guy, former Media Matters guy, Eric Bollert, radical leftist, to suggest to you that the economy isn't bad. It's just the press coverage of Joe Biden. So that's a lie. Now, what are the components of gaslighting? Pop quiz. Lie, lie often, lie confidently, isolate people from the truth. So you see how the lies out there, they lie confidently about it. They lie often. Oh, if artificial intelligence says Biden's press coverage has been far worse. And ladies and gentlemen, just days later, here it is. I told you they'd do it. Didn't even take a week. The Hill, Max Burns, Biden's delivering the fastest economic recovery in history. History, Joe. Why hasn't anyone noticed? Why is anyone notice? Because it's not happening. 6.8% inflation, 210,000 jobs when they were expecting 500,000, 9 million open positions, supply shortages. Why hasn't anyone noticed? Because it's not there. <coughs> right, right, right. The, the gas, right? Greatest evacuation ever from Afghanistan. The border's closed. The economy's terrific. I mean, the gas, it, rarely do we see the gaslighting in the same week. Here, here's another tool bag. Here's Jim Cramer, that, that cackling buffoon from uh, the financial network there. Here's Jim Cramer. Clearly, he got the assignment and understood it. Here's Jim Cramer, supposed financial expert. We had him on beclowning himself last week, talking about how amazing this high inflation, low uh, you know, job participation, high, high supply chain issue. This is the best economy ever. Here's Jim Kramer. Check this out. To me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. See that number this morning, that unemployment number? It's the best in years. It's not best in 69. We have all spotted the endless help wanted signs, the housing and apartment shortages, the tremendous demand for goods and services, a marvel to behold. Oh, people are confident about their jobs. I say fantastic. And the ability to even get better ones if they want to. They're spending more than I've ever seen, but they're doing it with cash, not on credit. They're doing so in a roaring 20s style. He's like, I'm done. I'm done. Like, we should wrap up this. Forget the question. We should just wrap it up right here. This is really embarrassing. <laughs> now, to the lefties who listen to the show, you used to be more critical of this type of stuff. You did. Again, hat tip uh, Cernovich, uh, who picked this out, this cut from a while ago, made this exact point. It's a good one. Cernovich is like, hey, you know, the liberals just a couple of decades ago used to be skeptical of concentrated power, business monopolies, pharmaceuticals, the energy industry, all this stuff. They used to be more critical of collective power. Here's Jon Stewart, a liberal, you know, when he had his show on Comedy Central, wherever it was. Here's Jon Stewart going after Jim Cramer for being a mouthpiece for Bear Stearns before it collapsed. Yet this is the same Jim Cramer right now 
spouting off mouthpiece, like a mouthpiece about the political left, about how great the Biden economy is. And notice, now he'll be a hero. They used to be more critical of this stuff. Here, watch this. Here's the receipts. While Kramer wasn't giving up on Bear at 69, 11 days later, the stock market was more comfortable with it at two. <laughs> but it's all sort of equivocal. Uh, you know, it's on. I'm reiterating. I like Bear at 60s. I like Bear at 70s. He's not saying literally, I'm asking you to buy Bear Stearns. For that, you'd have to go back a full seven weeks before the stock completely collapsed. I'm asking uh, people who are uh, watching this video to buy Bear Stearns. Now, that was seven weeks before it collapsed. In the interest of context, continue. I'm asking uh, people who are uh, watching this video to buy Bear Stearns. Now, uh, Bear Stearns acts much better than it should. Uh, now, that's just intuition. Uh, and I don't want to put too much faith in intuition, but I have had good intuition over 29 years of investing. And I just think that this one has um, a, a very big upside, very limited downside here. Uh, it, it is, uh, I think that that last quarter, they've staunched the losses. Um, they're very good at cutting their losses at Bear. But the but Bear, I believe, is for sale, and I think there are many buyers. Could be a bidding more. Yes. All right, Jim Cramer, you said right, it here. Bear. Telling people Wall Street Bear. <laughs> you. That used to be liberalism. The ACLU questioning concentrated power. Liberal comedians like John Stewart, who's gotten involved in social activism through the years, questioning concentrated power, Wall Street, and things like that. Not anymore. We're the only ones left doing that. By the way, it's going to get a lot worse for Biden coming up. It gives me no joy in telling you that. It is our country, and I don't want to see it collapse, and I think we will fix it when we get rid of this clown. But there's a great Twitchy article, be in my newsletter, by Sarah D. It says, Biden's on borrowed time. This account, Political Math, on Twitter forecasts a very rude awakening for the Biden administration and Democrats when tax season gets here. Why? Folks, a lot of people have been advanced their child tax credit. So you think you're getting a big refund with a child tax credit? They've already advanced about uh, you know billions of dollars in that. Secondly, student loan payments are coming due in January of 2022. None of this is going to get any better. It's all going to hit at the same time. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. Here's my guy. I got questions for Dan coming up. Good questions this week. Me and Gee both agreed on that one. And uh, just a quick article about uh, Rumble. I'm really uh, proud to be part of it, but Reclaim the Net did a great piece on us. Okay. Uh, just a quick article I included in the newsletter today. You know, Rumble, uh, now that we've gone public through CFVI, it's been a, just a fantastic week. And I am always proud to be a part of it in this new movement for free speech and a free and open Internet. We're rebirthing the Internet. It is being reborn right now, the free and open Internet. And uh, there are me and a lot of other companies. But uh, Rumble, we're preparing for more, folks. It's not just... Uh, it's not just video as an alternative to YouTube. Reclaim the Net is a good piece if you're interested. Rumble CEO... Uh, Chris Pavlovsky says the platform is preparing to compete with Amazon and Microsoft. Check it out. Big things ahead. And I'm really excited to be a part of it. It'll be in the newsletter. All right, let's get to, do we have a, a liner for this? The questions for, this goes in and post, right? Questions for Dan. I'll pretend I saw that. That was great. It's the only one we put in later every single time, but it still looks good. Question number one for Dan. 
I alluded to this one before. Hey, Dan, it's by Coder Path. Research is a learned skill. I've been pretty good at detecting lies, but you seem to have had some more formal training in this area. Any advice on how to become better at vetting information? Books to read, courses to take, people to follow, et cetera. Yes, yes, yes. The people to follow is critical. Go to your social media accounts, wherever they are, and you have to, it, it, listen, it's a process of trial and error. I mean, I can help you along by telling you that, you know, you, what I mean trial and error is you follow some people you think are really smart, then they tweet a bunch of stupid stuff and you get rid of them. And then you follow a bunch of people, people recommend, and you're like, ah, this guy's so-so. And then after a few weeks, you're like, damn, this guy's good. You know, I just followed this woman, Natalie, on Bitcoin. There's uh, Peter Schiff is very good on economics. Steve Dace and Phil Kirpin uh, on coronavirus. Um, these are really, really good follows. Cernovich on culture stuff. Uh, da uh, Daniel Horowitz on coronavirus. Um, these are really good analysts on what's going on in the culture. M um, Michael Knowles and Matt Walsh on that stuff. So that's number one, learning who to follow is good. But here's another thing. Here's another trick. And I've, I've said this before. That pay very close attention to this trick. When I was running for office, I, I used to debate a lot. And I would hear recurrent themes in debates. Like, I'll give you just a quick example to put meat on the bone. One of the things that would come up in a debate a lot by liberals trying to defend Medicare and Medicaid, who are going broke, they'd say, no, Medicare, the administrative costs of Medicare are lower. It's amazing. It's such a great program. And I remember thinking to myself, a government-run healthcare pro uh, program has more efficient administrative uh, applications than the private. Like, that made no sense. Like no one goes to the DMV for administrative efficiency. So I used to hear that a lot in debates. And I, so I, what I did is you just learn how to, I would go home, I would get on my computer and I would go to Cato, Cato's good, C-A-T-O, the Heritage Foundation, others. And you just put in, you know, Medicare, efficient administrative costs, myth. And, and you'd see all these articles pop up. And yeah, you just get good. So following the right people, uh, places like Cato, you know, Heritage does a lot of white papers. You know, uh, you'll find a lot of foreign policy places like that. So yeah, learning how to research is a skill. So thanks for the question. I appreciate it. Oh, that's the dog picture guy? Yeah, he posted a picture of a dog. No one I love. It worked. I do love dogs. This is from at Sharon Ald. Hey, Dan, this is my first post on Locals. Welcome to Locals. I'm at D. Bongino there. We appreciate it. She says, I joined especially for you. Much appreciated. Love your show. If Russia attacks Ukraine and China attacks Taiwan, what do you think you at the U.S. and the U.K. will do? Uh, nothing. Biden will do nothing. A matter of fact, it leaked yesterday. What the U.K. will do, I'm not sure. Boris Johnson seems, has a lot, seems to have a lot of uh, Christmas party issues now going on with his own political crisis and lockdowns there. I'm not sure. It's not funny. I'm not laughing. I'm just saying Boris Johnson's kind of preoccupied right now. But um, Biden's already apparently told, according to the a number of leaks, told Ukraine, forfeit your territory. What is he going to do? I, nothing. I, I, I think that prediction will turn out to be accurate. All right, moving on. This is at Laura McGaffney. Hey, Dan, we know you and Lucy love steaks. She does. It gets her a little sick, though, Lucy. I got to be careful with the beef. But what's your favorite dessert the beautiful Paulita makes you? What dish do you cook for her when you're in the doghouse? Can you do a Locals video of you cooking? So fun watching you on Locals. Thank you. I do kind of a reality show on Locals. If you're a subscriber there, again, I'm at Bongino on locals.com. Uh, I do these videos. I just, I don't know. I just sometimes in the middle of the day, I'll just do these random videos doing stuff. And people seem to really like them. We got 100,000 
uh, followers on the account already at Locals, and it's only a couple of weeks old. So uh, thank you very much. What do I cook for Paula? The only thing I ever cook is steak, and I haven't cooked it in a really long time, just being honest with you. But uh, I could cook a mean steak, especially on a charcoal grill. What's my favorite dessert? I don't eat dessert. I have never been a fan of sugar. I know that's, it doesn't taste bad. It doesn't. Like an Oreo or a good chocolate cake, it tastes good. But I don't get a lot of enjoyment out of it. My junk food is fat. I am a, I, I just love the taste of fat. So like when I need a cheat meal or something, I would much prefer five guys and a bag of fries. I would. That's just my, so I don't really eat dessert ever. So she doesn't make me, if she wants to make me something, she knows to make me, uh, she knows. It's, it's so rude. She, she'll make me a steak or something like that, but not, uh, I don't, I get no enjoyment. I didn't, I had barely had a piece of my own birthday cake last week, a little piece like that. What's that? A side bowl that I like? Um, no, not really. I'm like a meat guy only. Yes, I do. Yes, I'll say there's a local place here, Griffin Surf and Turf, here down in my neighborhood. And they make a, this is crazy. Like, that's not a joke. They make a broccolini and they char it just right. And man, broccolini, who the hell? I'm telling you, it's like candy. I can't eat enough. Whenever I order the, the uh, salmon, the, the owner there is great. He stacks the broccolini like this for me. It's weird. I know. I'm not trying to virtue single. I really enjoy it though. It's like it's like candy. I like um smoked almonds too. They used to serve them on Air Force One. Smoked almonds with that smokehouse flavor. I hated almonds till I tried those. And I've been addicted to those for a while too. All right, moving on. This is from at RogerRN44. Dan, love the economics talk. Thank you. So do I. It's a bedrock of society learning how to allocate resources. He says, why does the stock market keep going up? Yet inflation's at a 30-year high and all those open jobs. Is it because the government keeps uh, pumping money out? What say you? Yes. Yes. Well, it's not just good enough to say yes. Why? The government is printing money. The money goes places. It goes to financial institutions and filters out into the economy. Folks, wealthy people who get their hands on that money, it doesn't matter if it's through loans, through capital returns, whatever it is. They're always seeking alpha. They're always seeking more returns. The wealthy know if they leave the money in the bank account, that 6.8% inflation means they're losing money by the day. Again, that's literal, not figurative. If you keep your money in a bank account and it gets a 1% return and you're losing 1.5% to 2% a month, you're not making money. So what rich people know to do and successful people and financial managers and people who are smart with money is they have to always seek a return bigger than inflation or you're losing money by doing nothing. So what do they do? Folks, the only thing they really can do, bond returns are low. Look at the returns on bonds, one, two, three percent, even junk bonds, like four percent. You're still losing money. So all they can do is take a flyer on stocks. So what do they do? They pour money into the stock market. and They go like this. That's why stocks keep going up. More people are bidding on stocks. So great question. Sorry, I sound almost aggravated. I love your question. I'm not aggravated at you. Yes, the government's inflating the stock market. It's that simple. <clears throat> I can prove it. Productivity's down. Economy only grows when we produce more stuff. We're producing less stuff. So how does the stock market keep going up? Because the government's making it go up. Okay, this is at Victoria Lee for USA. 
What's it like being the head of a household dominated by women? I don't know. My life, I've been surrounded by women my entire life. I was raised by a single mom. My campaign was run by a woman. Uh, I worked uh, for a number of women in the Secret Service. I have a wife and two daughters, and Lucy's a <laughs> Lucy's a female dog. Uh, I I don't know. It's it's just been. I don't know what it's it's. I've never known any different. To be honest with you, I never really thought of that. I, I only picked the question because I don't have an answer. I've never known any different. I've always been uh, surrounded with uh, with women my entire life. I mean, well, good swath of my staff on Fox is women, so <laughs> it's always been the state of things. Uh, this is from at MKG124. Hey, Dan, my husband and I are looking to leave California, relocate to South Carolina. Good move. What did you and Paula do to integrate into the community when you moved to Florida? Happy belated birthday from a listener also born on December 4th. Well, happy belated birthday to you as well. Uh, what did we do? We, you know, we, we went to a lot of house parties. And uh, it was interesting because I had kind of a public profile already when I moved to Florida. So it would always be interesting because everybody wanted to talk about Fox and stuff like that. But um, I always made sure my kids had, had you know, what they call play dates now. We used to just call it hanging out back in the day. Everything's like, good play date. But uh, really nothing complicated. A lot of house parties, which were kind of fun. A lot of barbecues. Uh, at least when I moved over here into the neighborhood I'm in now, it's an island, so it's pretty close in the community. I, I found a guy whose daughter goes to school with my daughter, and uh, he's a huge Trump guy. And me and him kind of became like besties a little bit. So we do a lot of, we may do a lot of tequila drinking in his backyard once. So maybe, maybe. I'm just suggesting that may happen. I'm not, I'm not confirming or denying anything. This is the fourth attempt. You finally made it at Shawnee 819. It says, fourth attempt. Any chance of a conservative rideshare business, an app for the parallel economy? We need one. Uber and Lyft are way left and too expensive. Thanks. P.S. Watch you every day. You know what, Shawnee? I haven't thought about that. But I've got a lot more coming. The parallel economy. Matter of fact, I had a call yesterday. I can't share the details of it yet. But it's so different from what I'm doing now, building the tech parallel economy in conjunction with others. But it's the greatest idea I think I've ever had. It's, well, I should say my, it's not my idea. Joining this business is, is my, I don't even want to say it. I'm so excited. But yeah, that's an interesting idea, Uber and Lyft. I haven't thought about that. Who knows? Maybe that'll be next. Okay. This is from at Florida Trumper 2020. Hey, Dan. Here's a light question for you. What's your favorite kind of music and any favorite artists to listen to in particular? Love the show. Keep up the good fight. I love country music. I love Brad Paisley. Brad is terrific. He's fantastic. Um, hold on. I'm going to check my, because there's another, it's not just country, but I have this. I saw this new, the band McMillan. They have a pretty cool song. I'm just thinking of what I just uh, downloaded. Brandon Davis, pretty good. I'm thinking it's, this is, again, just stuff I just, I still buy songs. I know it's crazy. Oh, and uh, this one was, uh, this one was great. This is The Man I Left Behind. This is by Creative Vets. This is really good. This one I just downloaded the other day. Great tune. The Man I Left Behind. Okay, I got to hit pause. Sorry. But yeah, I, lo I love country. Uh, I haven't always loved country music. I grew up in New York City, but it grew on me. They had a country music station in New York. It only lasted like a year, and I fell in love with Alison Krauss and her voice. You ever hear Alison Krauss' voice? Alan Cr Alison Krauss' her voice is like something from, uh, from another planet. It's so incredible. It was my wedding song, but that's what got me into country music. Uh, is that it? 
All right, that's it. Folks, thank you again for tuning in. Thanks for the great questions. Please don't miss my Fox show. I've got another super spicy Democrat rebuttal. I got to give her credit. Crystal Knight, she's coming back to debate. I give her credit, seriously. She's coming back for debate of the rebuttal. And I've got a pretty spicy monologue for you. Don't miss it. Unfiltered. It's going to be about the goalposts moving and why on Corona, the goalposts kids. Very important. Very important. Unfiltered tomorrow night, Fox News, 10 p.m. Saturday. Set your DVR if you can't make it live. Really appreciate it. I'll see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.